Welcome to the World Beyond the Tale, the Page Day American Gods podcast. I'm your host, James, and today we're reading page 162. Ing extra dollars to everyone he encountered, and then he decided that he was being taken advantage of, that perhaps they were even laughing at him, and he stopped tipping entirely. On his first and only journey by subway, he got lost and confused and missed his appointment. Now he takes taxis only when he has to, and the rest of the time he walks. He stumbles into overheated offices, his cheeks numb from the cold outside, sweating beneath his coat, shoes soaked by slush. And when the winds blow down the avenues, which run from north to south as the streets run west to east, also simple, and Salim always knows where to face Mecca, he feels a cold on his exposed skin that is so intense it is like being struck. He never eats at the hotel, for while the hotel bill is being covered by Foud's business partners, he must pay for his own food. Instead, he buys food at falafel houses and at little food stores, smuggles it up to the hotel beneath his coat for days before he realizes that no one cares, and even then he feels strange about carrying the bags of food into the dimly lit elevators. Salim always has to bend and squint to find the button to press to take him to his floor, and up to the tiny white room in which he stays. Salim is upset. The fax that was waiting for him when he woke this morning was curt, and alternately chiding, stern, and disappointed. Salim was letting them down. His sister, Faud, Faud's business partners, the Sultanate of Oman, the whole Arab world. Unless he was able to get the orders, Faud would no longer consider it his obligation to employ Salim. They depended upon him. His hotel was too expensive. What was Salim doing with their money, living like a sultan in America? Salim read the facts in his room, which had always been too hot and stifling, so last night he opened a window and was now too cold, and sat there for a time, his face frozen into an expression of complete misery. Then Salim walked downtown, holding his sample case as if it contained diamonds and rubies, trudging through the cold for block after block until, on Broadway and 19th Street, he finds a squat building over a laundromat and walks up the stairs to the fourth floor to the office of Pan Global Imports. The office is dingy, and he knows that Pan Global handles almost half of the ornamental souvenirs that enter the U.S. from the Far East. Are real? And that's our page. Top of the page continues, Salim's worry about seeing as about being seen as a cheap Arab, and it wasn't a stereotype I had heard. I also couldn't find any information about it online as being a common enough one, but I don't know. I couldn't actually find any references to it, so I'm wondering if maybe because the influx of stereotypes about Arabic people have changed significantly since 9-11, which would have been about a year after this book was finished, and about a month after this book was published, so, I don't know, maybe it's just that darker turn has changed the perception. Most of the page, though, is a listing of Salim's various miseries, large and small. One of the positives is that he has learned that avenues run north to south while streets run east to west, and boy, that is not how it is in Boston, let me tell you. If he had ended up in Boston, he'd probably be dead. But this is good for finding navigation, getting around the city, and also helps him find Mecca when it's time to pray. Five times daily, Muslims will face toward Mecca, where the sacred shrine Kaaba is, and pray the Salat, a daily ritual prayer. In most mosques, there's a particular wall to be marked uh, that will show the direction of Mecca to help those in the building pray properly. Oh, he made a note about it, too. My prayer for Salim, never go to Boston. The streets run in one direction for about eight streets in a row, then we'll finally run in the other direction, but then you'll run into another one-way street, and that one-way street goes straight to hell. It's awful, and if I never have to drive around that city again, it would be too soon. The hell of my own creation would probably be trying to navigate across Boston. Ugh. Anyhow, back.
back to the page. Fowd sends a much more terse fax than he has been, and Salim is accused of living like a sultan in America. Sultan, if you haven't seen the animated Disney Aladdin movie, is the head of a number of Middle Eastern and North African countries, though more and more commonly has been replaced by king in the modern age. In this context, it's being used to chide Salim for living very well in America, though we've read this page and the one before it, we know that Salim is suffering quite a bit as he's trying to make the best of a bad situation. Because of this fax, and because Salim previously got lost on a subway, he decides to trudge through the winter weather to get to his next appointment at Pan Global Imports. It's about two miles away, which, I mean, two miles isn't too far, but if it's winter, it's going to be miserable. And if it's winter in New York City, it's going to be really miserable. The way the wind just tears through those streets, gets stuck in between the buildings, ugh, no thank you. Pan Global is one of those names that sounds like a real name, but I couldn't find anything about it. It probably just fits very well. It sounds like a company that could exist without actually having to exist. But it makes me wonder, is there really a single company responsible for half of the souvenirs that enter the country? I wonder if that would be the case now. I guess maybe Walmart would be a similar thing in the retail market. I don't know how much of a market share they have, but it's got to be pretty significant. So maybe this is the Walmart of the crappy brass souvenir companies. I don't know. I guess if you're an importer and not a producer, then it wouldn't be as difficult or expensive to have a tiny office. Like this, as if your office is over a laundromat, I know that, I know that space in New York City is pretty hard to come by and very expensive. But man, this just seems really odd to me to have a have a company that is supposedly responsible for bringing in half of the souvenirs into the country, just this tiny little place above a laundromat. I don't know. I guess Neil says it's true, and that's good enough for me. We can talk about it a little bit more tomorrow when we get to see the inside of the office. Get in touch with the show at theworldbeyondthetale at gmail.com and on Twitter at worldbeyondpod. Thank you to Julian Granganage for his version of St. James Infirmary Blues, which we use as our theme. And thank you for listening. I'll be back tomorrow with another page, and remember, only the gods are real.